Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast, hosted by Brian Bisking. Brian started this weekly podcast to give a voice to leaders of our community, to share their story, their journey, and the lessons that they have learned along the way. Brian grew up in a small town outside of St. Louis, where he watched his father run a small business and was always interested in how the leaders in his community got where they are. Whether it's a local business leader, a philanthropist, or a celebrity, these are your STL Leaders. Join us today, where we will chat with another pillar of our community on this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. And now, your host, Brian Bisking. Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast. We have a great episode for you today with Jeff Kozatak. But before we get to this episode, I'd like to thank my great sponsors. First, Enterprise Bank and Trust, Synchrony HR, NWO IT Services, and the Tom James Company. And now, to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. On this week's episode of the S. Taylor's Podcast, I welcome Jeff Kozatak to the show. Jeff Kozatak is a speaker, an author, and a coach. He helps top performers gain personal freedom and professional success by equipping them with the superpower ability to say no. It is my great honor to welcome Jeff to the show. Jeff Kozatak, welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast. I appreciate you coming on here today. Hey, thanks, Brian. I am excited to be here. Absolutely. Well, I told you a couple of weeks ago, I uh, I saw you uh, do a presentation speech, keynote speech, whatever you want to call it, years ago and was uh, very intrigued. Uh, somebody who suffers from ADHD as bad as I do, if you can keep my attention for more than five minutes, in my opinion, you succeeded. So uh, you yes. had my attention the whole time with uh, you with the speech as well as with the juggling Thanks, and the uh, performance. And so I'm excited to just kind of dive in and talk about you today. Man, this is this could be great as long as we can make it all about leadership. Uh, I'm in. That's it. That's what it's all about, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Let's so go. Let's start, let's start at the beginning. Uh, sure. Tell me about growing up. What was that like for you? How what's you know how is St. Louis a part of your life? And and just talk, take us in the beginning. Well, there there I was. <laughs> I was born out in in uh, in Baldwin. I grew up uh, getting two messages, two really strong messages from my parents. Uh, the one was find something you love to do and make that your job. So I had the crazy set of parents that said, you want to do theater? Go do theater. We will support you 100 uh, percent. The other message that I got was unintentional, and that was your value comes from what you do. So if I was not performing at school or in sports or on stage, uh, it really felt like people weren't paying attention. So I merged both of those together and became a massive workaholic uh, along the way. I found myself involved with Amway, and one of the big messages that they preached was, if it is to be, it's up to me. <laughs> and so yep. this idea that I had to do it all on my own, uh, that I wasn't going to get help from anybody else, that my value came from what I did, uh, and that I loved art and people, and I needed to make that my job, I became a massive workaholic. Uh, I said yes to everything. I did not take time off. and um, 
and then I expected everybody else to do the same. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm assuming that's what prompted you to start your organization. Tell us about your organization and kind of how the how the the legs get off the ground. Yeah. Well, uh, well, core authenticity really was born out of 20 years in the entertainment business. Uh, entertainment allowed me a free pass across a lot of social boundaries. So I was doing shows for first birthdays in Hindu temples and uh, churches and casinos and libraries and bar mitzvahs and corporations. And uh, it did not matter where I was or who I was in front of. Everyone had to answer the same two questions that I was wrestling with. And those were, what is my worth and where does it come from? And I would watch people look for their value in what they did, just like me, or look for their value in the circumstances that they overcame, just like I was doing. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing about that is it's it's never enough, right? You know, we're we're trying to fill something and you have to show up and it's like, okay, well, what did you do today? Now, well, great, I know that you did that yesterday, but what are you going to do today? And it puts not only, um, <laughs> not only put them in this place of constantly judging and comparing and competing, but that's where I lived. And when I finally met, uh, Jeff Arthur over at the Values Conversation, and he had a chance to sit down with me and, and listen to me and, and help coach me. Well, I started to realize that my value and worth was not tied to something external, but was actually internal. It changed fundamentally how I showed up for work and how, the relationships in my life. And so when I recognized that everybody else was dealing with the same thing, uh, I really wanted to help be a part of part of a solution and show people that there's another way where you don't have to say yes to everything. You can actually take a vacation. Mm, that's okay. Like you can say no to something and and not be any less significant or, or, or less valuable. And so as I was walking that out of my life and I saw the need out here, uh, I wanted to help. And so I started speaking on how personal worth plays out in leadership and communication and in our ability to pilot the the chaos of uncertainty. Uh, and then I got certified to do life coaching through the values conversation and then picked up another certification with the John Maxwell team. And then I wrote my book, Blueprint for Value. Uh, and then I published a few uh, few online videos to help people who have trouble articulating what they feel. My hope is that the videos will help uh, put an image to that. So your organization, not only do you do keynote speaking and speeches, but you also are doing coaching for individuals on self-worth, motivation, leadership, all of that, right? Absolutely. As a as the mindset catalyst with core authenticity, my focus is on individuals and corporations, individuals that are uh, struggling through transition, uh, individuals that have trouble saying no, <laughs> because I can I can personally relate to all of that, uh, and the people that are just they're ready to make the change. Not everybody is ready to make a change, right? A lot of people want to just sit in the stuff or they want somebody else to come along and fix it. Uh, I, I don't do either of those. If someone is is ready to to move the ball forward, you know, I love to be able to help be a catalyst and a support for them in that. The, the corporations that I work with typically uh, want to improve communication and productivity. And all of that is uh, mindset based. So when you're working with corporations, are you working with teams? You working with the executive team, or are you, are you doing both? Both. It's definitely a yes and. I believe yeah. in what Maxwell calls the law of the lid, and that you know your leaders, the the execs, the business owners, they set the bar, and then everybody else uh, rises to that bar. 
And if you if you go past that, then either you're, you self-select out or you're removed or you just kind of settle. And so if I can help the, the leaders continue to raise the bar in themselves, then the whole organization improves. So I work with, with the executives and then I also work with the people on the front line. Yeah. So let me ask you this, kind of uh, maybe a little bit off topic, but obviously 2020 was a challenging year for a lot of people. And I know you deal with a lot with mindset and, and leadership. How were you able to work with organizations and executives to uh, not allow 2020 to be such a massive, massive disruption, even though, I mean, it really was. But, you know, how, how did you work with those organizations to kind of uh, get through that? <laughs> well, your, your, your question, if I heard you right, is how did you how did you <laughs> help them not let not let it make a massive impact on, on, on the company and themselves? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, COVID-19 had a massive impact on organizations anyway. Right. But right. I, what I have seen over the last, I don't know, six to nine months is the organizations who took a deep look at culture and their leadership and tried to continue to maintain business. Kind of, I won't say as as usual, but uh, the ones who hit it, took it head on and didn't allow it to just. Uh, make this massive disruption are the ones, in, in my opinion, that have come out of this. Um, I won't say uh, they've they've taken a, a, a hit on the chin, but they've been able to sure. recover. Do you see what I'm saying? I, I, I do. Well, the answer I want to give you is is I didn't do anything because you're you're you you can't choose your circumstances, right? But but we can choose in effect how we respond to them. So. You know, when these organizations are, are getting hit and the impact is significant, like I can't just erase that, right? right. But I can help them respond and, and and handle that uncertainty that's coming at them uh, with clarity and confidence. So when I'm working with organizations or with, when I'm working with individuals, it all comes down to understanding uh, three keys, what their compass is, what their mindset is, and the support team that they have around them. Because if you've got a compass, and I find that as having four key components, understanding your worth, understanding what your values are, what your identity is, and what your purpose is, your, your vision and mission. If you understand that as an individual, and if you understand what that is for your organization, you will have clarity of next step. You'll know what true north is, no matter what situation you face. Uh, right. Without that, and and the rug is pulled out from underneath you or you run into COVID and your entire calendar is, is wiped clean or your business is just deemed uh, non-essential and then you, you're just shut down. It, it is incredibly difficult to do, <laughs> I'm going to use the word, to pivot, right? Because because you don't know what you're pivoting to. You're not standing on anything that is that is solid. The compass allows you to do that. But you can know where True North is. You can know what you need to do next. But if you don't have the motivational mindset to give you the energy you need to actually take that step, then the compass is worth nothing. So you need the compass to point to True North. You need the mindset to be able to take that step. But then you need that third component, and that's your team. I define your team as uh, being made up of mentors, cheerleaders, givers, and connectors. This team holds you accountable. This team... Uh, supports you. They disrupt the status quo uh, to help give you the the discomfort you need to grow. But not only that, but they hold your image for you when you can't hold it yourself. And this is huge. I, I, I cannot stress the value of a team enough. Uh, if you if your mindset shifts, it's really easy to lose sight of your compass. 
And if you don't have a team that says, no, wait, hang on, I got you. Remember this, this is, this is your worth, this is your values, this is your identity, this is your purpose, this is what you're all about. I know you're going through some tough times right now. I know it's kind of hard to see. I know you're experiencing some self-doubt, but it does not change this. This is still true no matter what your feeling is right now, <laughs> no matter what, what circumstances and challenges you're facing out here, this does not change. And we need a team to help hold that for us uh, when, when we can't hold it ourselves so that we can shift our mindset back and, and keep moving forward. Yeah. So talk to me about mindset. I, 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 I you know, obviously this podcast is a, a lot around leadership, mindset, success, vision for success. And I know how important mindset is, but how do you work with individuals to get people's mindset right? Because if you don't have the right mindset or you have a negative attitude or, uh, or you don't see the vision for success, how do you work with the individuals to, to make sure that they realize how important that mindset is? Everything that I do is all about standing on intrinsic value, understanding that on a scale of zero to 10, you are a 10 no matter what. It can't be lost. It can't be stolen. It can't be increased. Uh, you might you might feel like a six, but you're still a 10. You might be acting like a two, <laughs> but you're still a 10. You might be treated like a negative number, but it does not change your intrinsic value. You are now, have always been, and will always be a 10. That, that sets the stage for everything else. What I've found is that <laughs> that that truth is almost irrelevant. It really comes down to your perception of that value. And that's, yeah. your, that's your mindset. That's your attitude. So 95% of my work as a coach is spent on mindset, helping to hashtag wash your brain. It's habit 52 from my book, Blueprint for Value. It's reminding people of the truth. It's coming back to that. You know, your your mindset, your perception, or your perspective, that, that can change on a moment-to-moment -moment basis. So what, what we need to get really good at is coming back to the truth, back to the compass, so that we can keep moving forward. It's putting systems in place that allow us to keep the mindset high, because it's not a box that can be checked. You can't just say, hey, I'm good. I've got, a, I've got an abundance mindset. I'm, I'm growth-focused. Now I can move on to the next thing. No, 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 no. It takes consistency, intentionality, repetition. It takes hashtag washing your brain. So let's spend a little a quick second on this because I'm intrigued by this washing your brain thing. Um, you know, I, I just was just talking about I have a four week old at home right now. And so, uh, as you can imagine, which is awesome. Which is awesome. She is. Uh, she's. She's amazing. But as you can imagine, uh, I'm tired, right? It, it's hard. You're. You're not. I'm not getting the full night's sleep that yeah. I'd like, even though my wife is doing an amazing, amazing job around the house uh, and helping with that. Knowing that I have to get up and go to work in the morning. Um, there's days that are that are hard, that are a struggle because I'm tired and then you know I'm mentally drained when I get done from work. And I know yeah. for me what I have to do to quote unquote wash my brain. Um, mm -hmm. My, you know, my I've talked about this actually on this podcast is my my spot is my hot tub. I sit in my hot tub. I have a cocktail that allows me to just decompress and really relax and, and unwind for the day and really, quote unquote, wash my brain. Um, so then the next day I can get up and I can I can go, you know, go out and get it. And so talk to right. me about how you how you help from, you know, help people find whatever that is. Right. And not everybody has a hot tub or not everybody has that spot that they can kind of unwind. So how do you help people wash their brain? <laughs> well, well, you, you, you got to start by by 
clarifying what the compass is, the, your 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 baseline. Uh, for me, it's it's that it's that worth piece, Brian. Like if we find our our worth in our performance, in in how good our company is doing, or if we define our value in how we look physically, or in the the money that we have in the account, or what we own, or who we know, um, it can be really easy uh, to start looking for uh, our our personal worth and our value in what Seth Godin calls uh, our art, right? And we start looking at, at that as the, the end all be all. And, and when we put our foundation out here, then it's, it's a constant uh, uh, mindset of chasing it down or trying to earn more. And so there's no, there's no hot tub to go back to, to, to right. recenter, right? Yeah. So for me, it starts with clarifying what that baseline is, uh, your, your compass. Uh, and then, you know, everybody is looking for, oh, well, give me these five steps. And as long as I do these five steps, <laughs> I, I'm good. And, and it really, it varies from, from person to person. For me, the way that I do that is starting every day uh, refocusing on my compass, reminding myself I am a 10, reminding myself of what my values are, my identity is, what my purpose is, you know, yeah. starting with that piece of truth, um, taking time to to breathe. I know that sounds so cliche, but when we get caught up, when we're tired, when we are exhausted, when we have all these demands on our time, uh, that can come out in our body and, and get us really, uh, really stressed out and anxious. And if we can just stop and breathe in for a count of four, hold for a count of four, breathe out for a count of six, if we can do that like three times, the body will calm down. And as the body comes down, it allows our brain a chance to, to respond versus react. And in that moment of response, we can go back to the compass. It's sure. all its all about the compass. And now for a quick break, we bring in our sponsor, Enterprise Bank & Trust, member FDIC. Enterprise Bank & Trust knows that every business and every person is unique. That's why they get to know you in a way that the large financial institutions don't. They are our banking partner here at the STL Leaders Podcast, and I highly recommend that you check them out. To learn more, visit EnterpriseBank.com. And now back to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. So let me ask you this: um, you know, this is a leadership podcast, and you're a leadership coach. How, how do you motivate a team that you lead? What's some What's an example of a way that you can motivate a team that you lead? I, I know every individual can be motivated in different ways, uh, right? I'm motivated mm -hmm. to, to your earlier point. What motivates me can be completely different than what motivates you. Um, but how, as a as a leader of an organization, um, how do you how do you motivate the team that you lead? I believe that a team. Uh, this is going to sound like semantics. I think that you can inspire somebody, but you can't actually motivate them. They have to be self motivated. Yes, I agree with that. Uh, I feel like if you're going to inspire a team, uh, people people are inspired or they gravitate towards uh, shared values. So so surprise, Brian. This comes <laughs> this comes back to the compass. Right. If I as a leader know what my compass is and if I as a leader know what the compass is for my organization, I make that really clear. Hey, this yeah. is what we value as a as a company. This is this is what we're going to stand on and this is what's going to drive all of our decision making. And this is who we are as an organization. This is our identity. And not only that, this is our vision. This is what we're here to do. This is our mission, how we're going to execute that. When that's really clear, 
then then the expectations are clear. You know, no matter what you're doing, it should all align with our values. Yeah. So clarifying what our values are, clarifying who we are as an organization so people know what fits and what does not, and then clarifying what the overarching vision and mission is so that people understand, you know, this piece that you do fits into the larger larger story in this way. That way they feel a part of something. That way they understand what's in and what's not. And then they can say, hey, uh, I have values that, that don't connect with this. So this is not a good fit for me. Or I want to be a part of an organization that is that has this identity, not that. And then as a leader, it helps us to get really clear about which parts, you know, who who fits best and who doesn't. So clarifying that is 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 number one. And then number two, um, just the, the the authenticity. I know people throwing that a word around a lot, but if you <laughs> if you show up trying to be something uh, that you're not, people will see that they're going to hear your heart before they hear your technique. And so we get our heart right by standing <laughs> on our personal worth. Yeah. Let me ask you this: What do you think the biggest mistake a leader can make inside of an organization? Ooh. Biggest leadership mistake? Yeah. For me, it, personally, it was tying my identity to what I was doing. When I had my entertainment company, um, the, the, the profits uh, made me more valuable, right? And so when we started to hire on employees and we were working with other independent contractors, if they did something that negatively impacted the bottom line, uh, I felt like I had lost value. And when I lost that value, it put me into this, this state of road rage. And I got furious and I took it out on our employees. I, I took it out uh, on our independent contractors. Consequently, we, uh, we had a lot of turnover and, <laughs> and morale was, was low yeah. uh, because I was not able to stay present in the moment and recognize that I was, I was the artist, not the art. I was, you know, I'm more than what I am doing. Uh, if I had stood on that foundation, then I would have been able to be present and, and manage the situation versus tear people down to make myself feel better and let them know that I was really frustrated. I think a lot of a lot of business owners can tend to find their identity in what they do versus recognizing that it comes from who they are. That's a really, really, really good point. Um, and I would agree with you on that. I think a lot of people let their job define them. Um, and I'm not sure that's always right. The best, the best route. And so I but think it, it, it's, it's point. easy though. Right. I mean, yeah. we, we live in a culture that says you are what you do. I can't tell you how many books I've read that says, you know, <laughs> you are what you do. And I just want to be like, no, <laughs> yeah, wrong. But that's what we celebrate. You know, the, the first question. So what do you do? Right. You know, and, and it's, it's all focused the next on question is, what high school did you go to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which, which could be a whole other podcast episode for us. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, the, the focus is there. You know, we grow up, um, you know, in school. How, how are you doing with your grades? We're going to celebrate that. We're going to celebrate with the honor roll. We're going we're gonna to post all this stuff. Uh, we don't really celebrate people just for being people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. So let me ask you this. You, uh, so you have, uh, used to be an entertainer. You still are an entertainer in my opinion. And, uh, you, you now incorporate 
really your entertainment into your keynote speeches around leadership and mindset and coaching. So how do you do that? And and I'm assuming it's it's to uh, attract attention, not attract attention, but uh, keep people's attention when you're speaking or, or talk to me about that a little bit. It really comes down to laughter. I feel like laughter makes things memorable. And one of my values is is fun. I like to have a good time. I don't believe that that business and fun need to be separate. I think we can we can do both. I think we can go deep. I think we can uh, discover uh, some deep roots and have a good time at the same time. So I like to like to bring laughter into my presentations. Besides, I feel like if you're going to watch somebody speak, if you want them to just deliver information, then just get the book. Amen. You know, if you're going to sit there for for an hour or 30 minutes or a 30 minute Zoom, you know, it should it should be engaging and, and it should be fun. So I try to I try to do that. Well, you do a good job with it. Like I said, I can, I can remember back four or five years ago to, your, to the first time I met you. So, um, yeah. And to your point, yeah, I mean, business can still be fun and you can still have fun and still still get engaged. And I think, you know, uh, Pastor Greg of the Crossing in Chesterfield, um, you know, he obviously he gets up every Sunday and gives a, a sermon or a speech on on a variety of different topics. But he includes laughter and he includes uh, stories and um, you know, he's not standing on, on stage juggling by any means, but he, he definitely includes some laughter. And, and that's, you know, to my very first point, you know, somebody like myself, I, I struggle with keeping my attention span and those things draw me in and that keeps me fully engaged. Uh, and so I think you did a really good job with that. Well, thank you. Thank you. Sometimes I, I can my mindset can shift, though, and I can fall back into uh, into my old old belief system that my value is tied to to something outside of myself. Uh, in, in a keynote, and in those moments, uh, I find myself making decisions where I'm going for the laugh as opposed to going for uh, for connection and, and for equipping. And so, it, it, it's incredibly frustrating <laughs> because <laughs> I can I can be in the moment, and think, wait a minute, I know better. I, I I help other people with their mindset. I I'm preaching this stuff. Like we're yeah. a ten, whether we feel it or act it or or not. And and yet. Uh, I am not I'm not immune to that. So I work very hard to be intentional about the team around me uh, today so that um, when I fall off, I can get back up faster uh, with a much smaller impact. Sure. Absolutely. Well, Jeff, I always end this podcast um, asking my guests really the last uh, question is always really the same question. And that is if you give St. Louis or anybody listening to this episode, for that matter, I mean, we're we're listened all around the country, um, a piece of advice, whether that's on leadership, whether that's on mindset, whatever it is, what piece of advice would you give somebody that they could take with them today? Mm. I don't believe people, <laughs> you will not see value in somebody else beyond what you see in yourself. You might value what they do, you might value what they have or what they've overcome, but you won't value them as a human being. And as such, You'll, you'll strip them of their humanity and they'll just become an, an object that you can manipulate to get more perceived value or an obstacle that you have to get around. Uh, to see value in somebody else, we have to see value in ourselves so that we can show up and be present. Um, and to do that, we need to know what our compass is. You cannot define a compass for yourself. You need somebody uh, to look in from a different perspective that does not have the same blind spots that, that that we do 
we need that outside perspective. So finding a coach uh, like myself or, or somebody else that can help you identify that, uh, if you are leading others, it's incredibly important that we we support ourselves with people like that. Uh, I, I believe in that so much that I am actually offering uh, free compass builds. So if you're interested in that, uh, just email me, jeff at coreauthenticity.com, and, uh, and we can do that in an hour. Awesome, Jeff. Well, on behalf of the STL Leaders Podcast, we appreciate you being a great STL leader coming on this show today to talk about the compass mindset and all the fun things we talked about today. Uh, thanks, Brian. And don't forget, you are now, have always been, and will always be a 10. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. Stay tuned for next week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast.